All right, good morning. I'm just getting myself organized here. So I need to see my... Uh... Okay, come and see. Are you guys ready to come and see? Uh, I think you should say hello to somebody first. Let's get a bit of vibe going. Come on, you guys are like statues. Come on, say hello to your neighbor. If you don't know them, introduce yourself. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. For the visitors, we need like a little friendly atmosphere because I'm talking about God as judge. So, Okay. So nice to see. This morning, my topic is God is judge and God is good. And I... Uh, I have a few videos for us to watch, so I hope you don't mind. It's not because I didn't prepare. <laughs> I've got three videos for us to watch. I just want you to, to watch them, and um, I hope you've got your tissues ready. I follow grandfather to the farm and watch what he's doing. I am nine years old. I never want to leave this place. I always help my grandfather in the market. When I left home with my uncle, I didn't see my grandparents anymore. The first time I went on the lake. I wanted to escape. But I didn't know the way. Me in the water. 
told me my grandfather came for me. But he could not find me. My uncle said, You forget about your grandfather. And he said, Those are the people who come for small boys. So when they come, I should jump into the water and swim away. up there. <laughs> Should you know, watch another one? It's a movie from an organization called the International Justice Mission. Um, they work to end slavery around the world. Um, there's lots of examples. I think we should watch another one. Okay, just so you guys know. What? கதைசொல்லுங்க <laughs> அங்கேயாம 
ஆனா பயங்கரமான ஆள் அந்த ஓனர் தெரியுமா ரொம்ப கோவக்காரன் அந்த ஆளாமா நம்ம வேலை செய்யற ஓனர் தான் வாசனையாவே வரும் நம்ம இந்த குழம்பு வச்சுனாவே அப்படி நான் அத்தையோ வச்சு நான் என்ன பண்றதுனே தெரியல விடவே இல்லை நினச்சுமா நான் அங்கால பரமேஸ்வரி என் தாயே நீ வந்தாலும் வரவேணுமே அங்கால பரமேஸ்வரி என் தாயே நீ வந்தாலும் வரவேணுமே அந்த மிருகத்தை நம்ம எதிர்த்தோம் லாவண்யா நம்ம கஷ்டத்துக்காக நான் குரல் கொடுத்தேன் கஷ்டம் நான் வெளியே சொல்லவே தான் எங்களை மீட்டு எடுத்து வெளியே விட்டுருக்காங்க பாப்பா என்னாச்சு நம்ம பாப்பாவா வாய் எங்கடா வச்சிருக்கீங்க இப்பா 
was a that was a heavy one, eh? All right, we're going to do one more. Okay, just one more. I promise this, uh, there's a point to watching all the, all the movies, but um, this one's the shortest one. All right. It's really hard. It's like I, I was thinking I want, to, I want to die, I want to die because of this pain, but I can't. When first time uh, my recruiter was telling me that oh, Manila is very nice, he said, so I can wear a nice clothes and then he taking care of me. He told me that he can help me to reach my, all my dreams. First time in Manila, it was very happy because there's a lot of building. You wear nice clothes, you have your own money, you can stay in a nice house. So Manila is very nice compared to my place. We are six victims inside of the house of my recruiter. My recruiter hurt me every day when I do something bad that he don't like because he want every day, he want I need to follow him. But if I don't follow him, um, he's going to hurt me, just punk me, slap me in the face in front of the people. I really want to kill him. I really want to die that time, but I can't. It's feel very lonely for me because I was very far from my family and I can't tell them what happened to me because I was very scared. When they rescued us, it made me heal all the pain. It is in my second home, I realize everything that you don't need to lose hope. I see or if I hear or there is a victim of human trafficking like us, I just want her to comfort her, help her to move forward and just fight for your rights because that's the start where, um, where I stand now. Thank you everybody. I um, just wanted to show that it's happening all over the world. There's different places, uh, different countries, and slavery is its just one of the many things that we don't like to think about, but it's very true. You know what this is? Spirit level. So how do we know what level is? How do we know what level is? Just need to get to my right slide, yeah. We know what level is because we compare, we compare it, we discern it, we measure it using a, using a spirit level. So there's a force called gravity, and because of how gravity works, um, we can, we've got a spirit level, and compared to the, the force of gravity, we can say if something is straight or if it's not straight, and we have an objective measurement, an objective standard of what is level, what is straight, and what is skew. So similarly, how do we know what good is? 
How do we compare it, discern it, measure it? We judge it using a level. How did you feel when you saw those children in that lake there, those little boys? I'm sure some of you could think of your grandchildren or your own children that age. How did you, how did you feel inside when you, when you saw that family, an entire family in a forest working for $15 they borrowed three years before? Bonded labor. Bonded labor is one of the biggest forms of slavery in the world today. How did you feel when you saw Cassie in the Philippines and her friends? What did you think? You thought that was wrong, right? So where does that sense of justice come from? Where does that sense of what is good and right come from? Justice is discerning between right and wrong, good and evil. And, and we had a sense there when you're watching this, you, you're like, that is right, that is wrong. Someone's got to stop that. And that is probably the highest or, you know, sort of deepest, darkest form of evil that we can probably witness uh, today. There, there's more even, but, I mean, it's like a really extreme case. So let's just talk about injustice then. We've got justice and we've got injustice. We can measure between the two. We can discern between them. Injustice, fundamentally, is the abuse of power. It's the strong using force and deceit to take away from the weak. It's the abuse of power. And uh, that's a quote from Gary Hagen. He's the CEO of that organization called the International Justice Mission. And they're a fantastic organization. They tell us that today there's well over 30 million people in slavery today in the world. Um, but uh, as Victory Church, we're at the front lines of that battle. We support an organization right here in Musenberg that uh, helps rescue trafficking victims. So you'll be pleased to know that, that we are part of this fight against trafficking, one small part, but over 30 million people. It's funny then that the existence of injustice or suffering oftentimes is used as an objection to God. That people say, well, there's suffering and there's injustice, so therefore God doesn't exist um, he can't be true. Or uh, if he does exist, then, then uh, he can't do anything about it because why is there, why is there suffering and justice? The, the argument is uh, if he was good, he would, and if he could, he would, right? Have you heard that argument before? That ever come up in a, in a conversation a few times? Why is there suffering in the world if God cares? Obviously, God doesn't exist because there's lots of suffering in the world. Well, I might as well just conclude then, if I took this, wall, this spirit level up against this wall over here, okay, I'm not going to do it because we're all sitting inside, but if that wall was skew and it wasn't straight, I might as well say, well, gravity doesn't exist because the wall's skew. All right. So the same way that people have made an argument a false argument against God because of suffering. No person has ever said, well, God exists because bad things never happen to good people. No one's ever made that argument. What you actually need to ask is, where does that sense of justice, where do you get this idea that if there was a God, that he should be good? Where does that idea or where does that thought come from? Well, it comes from the fact that he is good. And this idea, this concept, this thought, this truth was introduced to us by Jesus. He was the first God. God is the first God that, to say that he is good and that he 
loves us. The pagan gods didn't say that. The Egyptians worshipped the sun. Um, the Romans worshipped these, these uh, idols. The, um, I mean, the, all of the pagan gods, the Greek, I mean, the Greek gods, these guys toyed with people. They were the guys that brought, I mean, not that they're real, but the, the concept of a good god that seeks justice comes from the Christian God. That is where our sense of right and wrong comes from. That's where our justice comes from. The fact that you know, whether you believe in God or not, the fact that you felt injustice by watching those videos, that sense of good and evil, right and wrong, comes from the God of heaven, our creator. If we take away God out of the picture, if there is no God, what justice are we left with? What justice is there if God's justice is not on the earth? My justice. Your justice. What I think is right, what I think I should do, I'm going to do because that's my justice. We're left with ISIS justice. Nazi justice. Without an objective standard of what justice is, of what right and wrong is, without a spirit level, to compare it to. We don't know what is right and what is wrong. And now comes the truth. It says in Romans 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, if you had a, a uh, measuring line of the degrees of right and wrong, you might say, well, I'm a good person. You know, if there's a score from, let's say, uh, 1 to 10, you know, uh, 1 being evilest evil, so that guy that enslaved that entire family, what, what score would you give him out of 10? Like a 2, 3. What score would you give Madiba on the good scale? Like a 9. All right? What score do you give yourself? You see, you left with your justice. My, what are you, like a seven? I said seven. <laughs> Maybe eight. Eight on Sundays. Point is, it's still not full marks, right? And you've got this idea of what's right and what's wrong. All have sinned. All have sinned. And we need to face up and face up to the fact that because of the depravity, because of sin in our lives, we are actually capable of the worst kind of evil if you allow it. If you begin to walk down that road, each of us is capable of every sin. Each of us is capable of being that slave owner. Each of us is capable of being that uncle that took that boy from his grandfather. We are each capable. Not that we would. I'm not saying you will do that. What I'm saying is that because of sin. So sin, translated, the Hebrew is chatah. Okay, sounds like a karate word. Chatah. And sin, obviously, it's a funny word. It's got like a negative, like a, obviously it's got a negative connotation. But the, it gets watered down because like, oh, you don't mean I'm, I'm a sinner. You know, don't tell me I'm a sinner. Okay, sin, we use the word so, so slippantly. But if we understand where the word comes from, what it means, chatah means to fail or to miss the way. So, so um, when uh, one of the leaders in, the, in Israel one of the army leaders was training his, his men to use the sling, okay? He, he trained them so well uh, that they would not chata the target. 
Okay, so that's how they use that word. Okay, they would not miss the way. They would not fail. And so at the essence, when they say mankind has chatad, sinned, we've missed the way. We failed in some way. And ultimately, if you look at the Ten Commandments, five of them relationally with people, five of them relationship with God, we have failed to honor both God and people. And that's, that's all of us. I actually have another video here to show you, but I'm not going to show you now because it's too long. Um, because, but I'm going to read you a little quote from C.S. Lewis. I love C.S. Lewis. Because people often ask, well, why does God not stop all the evil, just not stop all the sin? So C.S. Lewis said, he said, it would no doubt have been possible for God to remove by miracle the results of the first sin ever committed by a human being. It would be possible. But this would not have been much good unless, so it wouldn't have been any good if he removed the, the effects of the first sin, unless he was prepared to remove the results of the second sin and the third, and the fourth, and so on. If the miracles ceased, then sooner or later, we might have reached our present lamentable situation. If they did not, then a world thus continually underpropped and corrected by divine interference would have been a world in which nothing important ever actually depended on human choice and in which choice itself would soon cease from the certainty that one of the apparent alternatives before you, okay, now it gets quite hectic, one of the apparent alternatives before you would lead to no results and was therefore not really a, de a decision. So it's almost like saying, well, if God came and he corrected the effects of the first sin and he just kept on doing that, then it would be like, in the end, it would be like we'd come to a fork in the road where we, would, we could decide we go left or we go right, but the left-hand one had a big no entry signed into it, so it actually wasn't a choice anyway. And so the basis of our relationship with God is found, founded on this, this free choice, free will. We can choose not to chata. We can choose to have a relationship with Him. He wants a relationship with us. Therefore, we know that God is love. So it all starts... It all starts with God being love. This is where God being good, God being a judge, starts with this. It is all out of his love for us. God is love. If we read 1 John 4 verse 8, 16, God is love. He is love. And there are so many different layers and levels and the depth of this love. It's not the kind of love that we know uh, with our friends or with our spouse um, it is a love called agape love, his all-encompassing love of humankind, mankind. And because of this love, sorry, my computer's got a bit of spitties on there. Because of this love, we know that he is good. He's good because his love is good. It's perfect love. And his love is good. We read from Genesis 131, that God saw all that he made, and it was very good. Scripture said that he created all things perfect in its time, all things working as they should. And we are created out of love for relationship. 
That's why he created mankind, for relationship, out of love. Because he is love. He is this force, love. And everything that he made, he made good. Because he is good, ultimate good, he can be judge. Judge. Because he is the level. Judge. We read in the Psalms that, Psalm 145, hang on, Psalm 97, verse 2, righteousness, goodness, righteousness, and justice are the foundation of his throne. I love that scripture. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. They underprop him. Listen to this one. Psalm 75, 2 to 3. You say, I choose the appointed time. It is I who judge with equity. When the earth and all the people quake, it is I who hold its pillars firm. Psalm 94, verse 2. Rise up, judge of the earth. We can't deny that God is judge. Psalm 96, verse 10. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Psalm 96 verse 13. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the earth in righteousness. And the peoples in his faithfulness. So what are we going to do? Because he is coming to judge, because he is ultimate good. And we know we have sinned. Out of love, what does God do? I find the next scripture just incredible. Because we know that he is love. His love means he is good. Because he is good, he will judge between what is good and what is evil. Love makes a way. Come on. Love makes a way. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of all. I need you to stop thinking of everyone else and start thinking about yourself. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But love makes a way. The scripture says that there is no one righteous, not even one. So out of love, because he is love, again, he does what we cannot do. He saves. John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I love this part. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus didn't come to judge you, but to save the world through him. Jesus said in John 12, verse 47, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The judgment, which was supposed to fall on us, fell on him. Acts 17, verse 31, he has set a day 
upon which he will judge the world with justice by the man he appointed. And he has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. And that leaves us with a choice. Our response. What is our response to this? Let's backtrack a little bit. We know we watched those videos and we felt injustice. And we know that that injustice is there. Why? Because it's been built into us. We have a sense of what is good and what is evil because of who we are. Because God brought that sense. He is our spirit level. But we know that God is love. The scripture tells us He is love out of love that He created us. Because He is love, He is good. Out of His goodness, He can judge between good and evil. And we know that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one righteous, but He makes a way. He makes a way. So there has to be a response from us. And the response, the only adequate response, is thank you. The only adequate response is yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Scripture tells us that for all who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, He has given the right to be called sons of God, children of God. We are saved by grace through faith. By grace, by grace, through faith. And it is done. It's finished just by believing it. And then the next bit starts. After we have given our lives to God, after we said, thank you, Lord, we accept that we are sinners. We have missed the way. But because of you, we are set free from that law of sin and death. And now begins, so salvation happens at a point in time. There's salvation. And after salvation has happened, we begin to walk the road of sanctification. Sanctification. And this is where all the stuff happens. This is where all the things start happening. This is where you start throwing off old habits. This is where you start taking your thoughts captive. This is where you start asking God, what is my purpose? This is where you start saying, Lord, what is it that you want me to do in this world? How can I share your love with other people? And so he mandates us. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Let's go and read that quickly. Matthew 28. But we have been given authority and power to do God's work on earth. You know, it's possible to do good works. But to what end? We want to do good works to see people healed and saved. To bring justice. Matthew 28. He says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. And then in Acts 1 verse 8, we see that he said to them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. Psalm 97 verse 10 says, Let those who love the Lord hate evil. What he's asking us to do is not to judge, but to seek justice. Don't just judge. Seek justice. It says in Matthew 7 verse 1, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way in which you judge others, you will be judged, and the measure you used will be measured to you. And in Proverbs 21 verse 3, he tells us, To do what is right and just is more acceptable than sacrifice. So from these scriptures, and from diving a little bit deeper into the nature and the character of God, we see a few truths. The first one is that God loves justice, and he hates injustice. Secondly, he has compassion on those who suffer injustice. He has compassion. God judges and condemns those who perpetrate injustice. He judges it, and he condemns it, injustice. And we see that God seeks active rescue for victims of injustice. He seeks active rescue for victims of injustice through you and me. We see here that God is a God of justice. And he wants it to stop. He desires for his people to be instruments for seeking justice and rescuing the oppressed. At whatever level or form that is. We saw some videos of the deepest, most hardcore forms of injustice, but they are everywhere around us. And we know that God will not give you a ministry that he won't empower. He said, all authority has been given to me. And he gives us the authority, gives us the power. We will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. He will not give you a ministry that he won't empower. That he won't give you the ability to do. So, we are the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. When we have been changed on the inside, and then we take what has been changed on the inside, and then go out into the world and we seek justice at whatever form and level it is. And we know that God has given you the power. He will empower your ministry to do that. So I just wanted to make one more remark here. Um, and uh, perhaps I can ask Jonah to come up. Um, when we look at the life of Jesus, we... Notice there's a pattern to the works that he did and then the works that his followers And then we can track that pattern through history. Um, in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, there were laws that you had to follow if you wanted to be righteous. And how many of you know that they talk about things being clean and unclean? So let's, for instance, say you had your lamb that you were taking to the temple to get sacrificed. If somebody stopped and spat on your lamb, don't know why they would do that, but let's for instance say they did that, okay, that would make the lamb unclean. And you'd be like, oh, damn it. I'm going to have to get a new lamb. And you go all the way back, it'd be unclean. I mean, can you imagine the admin? You spat on my lamb. All right. So 
That would make the lamb unclean. What happens when Jesus comes along? So us touching something made it unclean. Jesus comes, goes to a leper, touches the leper, leper's clean. He flips it around. Jesus makes clean. He makes clean. And the pattern that we see is that every time there is an encounter with him, an encounter, that point where the Holy Spirit was, Scripture says that it's the Holy Spirit that leads us to, that convicts us, that leads us to salvation. That moment, many of you will remember that moment where your heart was beating in your chest and you just knew that it was true. And you just couldn't not stand up and say, God, I believe. I believe that you died and you, rest, you saved me, that you died on the cross for me. You prayed that sinner's prayer. There was an encounter there, an encounter. You encountered Jesus at the place where he was calling you. And you did nothing. You did nothing, nothing, nothing. You are still you. Just you believed. Because it's the truth. It's the truth, man. The New Testament is not a poem or a, a, a fiction novel. All the New Testament is, is a history, it's a collection of history books, okay? History books that tell us what happened. We know it's true. And then when we get to that point of salvation, we know it's true inside our spirits because inside each of us, there's a God-shaped hole. Amen? And then we have this encounter with Jesus and we get saved. And then the process of sanctification, because everything kind of changes after that. You think like, okay, God, now what? Now what? And then he begins to work in our hearts. Son, daughter, I want you to go here. I want you to do this. I want you to love that person. I want you to forgive this person. I want you to stop that. I want you to stop that. I can't, God. I can't stop that. It's too hard. You can do it. Because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power. And we see that an encounter with Him, an encounters with Him, is what changed the course of our history and changed the course of history. Encounters with Jesus. Let's stand, shall we? Is there anyone here this morning that has never given their life to the Lord? Anyone here that's never prayed the prayer of salvation, never stood in the place and said, God, I believe. I believe. It might not make sense, but I believe. I want to give my life to you. Is there anyone here this morning that hasn't given their life to the Lord? Scripture says today is the day of salvation. Don't be shy. Talking about eternity here. We're talking about a new life. Not one that is finite. Anyone here want to give their life to the Lord this morning? You can show me. Just wave your hand at me. Heart's beating. All right. We've all been at that point of salvation. Now, let's begin to encounter him. We are gathered here together. Scripture says that he is here and amongst us.
He's here amongst us. We see from Scripture what He requires of us. To seek good, hate evil. What is our response this morning? What is there this morning that He wants you to stop? Is there a sin that you need to repent of? Something which just habitually you keep doing, you can't stop it. What do you want to stop? Is there something that He's called you to? that you know he's called you to? Are you, trying, are you crying out and saying, God, what is this that you are calling me to? Well, you just know in your heart there's something, something that he wants you to do, something somewhere where he is calling you to. Uh, unfortunately, I can't answer that question for you. But he can. He can. So I'm just going to finish off and recap, and then I just want us to spend a few minutes just encountering him. In worship. God is love. He is love. And He loves you and me and everyone. He loves the world. That is why He created us. Out of love, He created us for a relationship with Him. Okay? Everything He created, He said, it's good. Because He is good. Because He is good. He is the judge discerning between good and evil. And because we all fall short, He saves. Hallelujah. He saves. And then after that, we begin to walk this road with Him. Do you know how the Christian gospel message spread? those writings and these guys were turning the world upside down because God was working through them miraculously in power in power and yes miracles amazing miracles people being healed the blind seeing the deaf hearing working through ordinary people miracles power after people have had an encounter with Jesus and that is what he's calling all of us to but in same other ways of people being um, cared for, orphans and widows, amazing ministries being started. We read all through history of people that relied on God for their power and just the most incredible things happening, power from heaven to change the course of history. And that is what God has in store for you and for me. We begin to walk this road with Him after we've encountered Him. Amen. I want to pray for you. And then I was going to spend a few minutes just encountering him here in worship and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Father, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word, which is truth, Father. We thank you, Lord, that your truth sets us free, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your truth, which cuts, Lord, through soul and spirit. And, Father, this morning I ask that any scripture, any word that is spoken this morning, Father, that is a seed, that it will begin to grow and germinate in hearts, Father, this morning. I want to pray for us this morning and ask you, Lord, that you will lead us and guide us, Lord, as your word says you will. Your word says that you will lead us and you will guide us, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen.